are slightly behind today, so let's look even further behind. It's time for History Matters with the one and only Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire, who's been waiting patiently for the last few minutes to finally get this segment started. Good morning. Hey, How I are get you? to listen to great radio anytime. And this that was, was a really good conversation oh, gosh, with Naomi Dix. And that yeah. talks about so much of what we talk about, which is how the intersection of historical figures and then civil rights. And uh, that comes up again this week as well. Uh, in 1972, June 23rd, is when Title IX goes into effect. Yep. Uh, it's part of the Education uh, Act of 1972. But that Title IX, which was very simply worded, no person in the United States shall, based on sex, be ex- excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Now, it's always been pegged as this is the sports thing, mm-hmm. but really it's broader than that. It's and bigger, it's yeah. anti-discriminatory uh, for, and it made a huge impact. You know, in 1972, only 42% of enrollees in colleges were women. As a result of this act, that suddenly changed things. You could not be discriminatory, not just in sports, but across the board. This makes a giant a difference, and it's because of these kinds of things, uh, this particular act too, that leads to uh, again a revisiting of what are civil rights and should they be applied and the live and let live, and um, uh, Naomi uh, Cox uh, just uh, I think uh, Dix Dix yeah uh, she just did a lot to uh, say that's what in her final thought she said well let's live and let live yep and that's exactly what this yeah hundred percent the fact that we have to codify that is, <laughs> is sometimes surprising I mean you know if you have to you have to right, that's right. like get it down on paper. That's well, what the Constitution you, is all about, right? Like, we right. have these rights, but they're not always enforced unless there's something on paper saying you got to do it, so and, let's know, do it. And, this comes up this week, too, that uh, we don't always uh, remember, but um, uh, this is the week when there was uh, the sit-in um, on, this was on June 23rd, 1957, the Royal Ice Cream Sit-in in Durham. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, this one doesn't end quite as well because they, again, there was a, you know, a white side and a colored side. And so, of course, African-Americans said, let's try sitting on the white side. They're fined. This is appealed to court after court. You know, it gets to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court does not take it up. Now, this is in 1960. Mm. I mean, that's kind of shocking, but you can understand why these things are important. When you see that, you think a an ice cream counter? How could this happen? And that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And we talk about the Greensboro, the, the yeah. Greensboro sit-in at That's the right. Woolworths. That was 1960. This was 1957. This That's was a precursor. This was That's happening right. even That's, before. It yeah. went through the courts yep. until that. So, you know, thank goodness we had people to stand up like that. Then there are people with uh, who, despite the times, uh, rise to the occasion. One is a name we may not always know, but if I told you about... Uh, a child who has a polio and then has to have braces um, and uh, then begins, uh, goes through lots of treatments and then begins to run, we would immediately think of someone like Forrest Gump, Mm -hmm. who's a fictional character. But actually, uh, the woman I'm talking about was African-American, born 1940, June 23rd. 
uh, named Wil- Wilma Rudolph, oh, yeah. uh, who became this incredible sprinter who wins Olympic medals uh, and is called uh, uh, everything from the tornado <laughs> over to uh, the Chattanooga Choo Choo uh, by the French. Do you think she so, liked that nickname? I, I don't know. But all she, I, I don't think she paid much attention to Probably it. Probably not, yeah. But it was the, the right confluence of time and event. She got great encouragement uh, by a coach at Tennessee State. And uh, really, she really did have that childhood where she couldn't do any of that, was homeschooled for a while, and then began as re- real rehabilitating uh, to become a, a sports legend mm. uh, who runs quite as fast. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if Forrest Gump was, that movie was inspired by her, but she's the precursor who really did do this stuff. I don't know about breaking out of the braces as she's running. We hear run for us, run. Probably, but probably run, not so Wilma much. Run, yeah, but uh, she certainly. That's an interesting question. I don't actually know because I know the the scene in in Forrest Gump where he decides to run across yes. the country. That's inspired by I know Terry Fox who right. did that in uh, Canada. And Terry Fox's thing was that he uh, was he was running on prosthetic legs. Because uh, he was running to raise awareness for cancer, and that was a thing that happened that right? in real life right? oh, at the like oh the time God. in history when Forrest Gump was supposed to do his thing. But like breaking out of the braces and <laughs> and being a fast runner as a child, like I don't know if that was inspired by it. Might have been. I don't been. know, but it, maybe it's, it's in that history. And when yeah. you read this, you gosh, you know, here's somebody who, if you have limitations in your life, he, be inspired by these people. These are the real people of history that. Mm-hmm. Uh, make a difference. Speaking with uh, Scott Washington, History Matters, uh, we've got time for about two more. What okay. Um, another one uh, that comes up this week is uh, born on uh, June 22, 1947, uh, and she is dyslexic. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Don't do that one, because that's okay. the trivia question in <gasps> oh, two minutes. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to that. Gee. <laughs> don't, don't touch that right, one just excellent. yet. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, here's another one. Uh, her name is Catherine Dunham, not Durham, but Dunham, mm-hmm. uh, born in 1909, June 22nd, uh, who uh, is a name that probably, uh, as we think of names of uh, great dancers, we're going to be thinking of uh, folks who like Martha Graham or George Balanchine or other people. But she was really significant. What was interesting is, when she went to school, she was really interested in anthropology. That's what she gets her major in, in Chicago. Uh, but she also is doing dance, and uh, uh, someone sees her and says, I'm willing to fund your research, because she thought it was such an intriguing way to communicate across culture mm-hmm. was dance, but using the anthropological approach. And so she goes to the Caribbean, to Haiti, and she begins to incorporate this into modern dance and becomes uh, really significantly renowned because she says, and becomes her own style, but it's blended. And I think that's what creativity, as Carl Norgren would always say, is this cross-pollination of ideas and concepts where anthropology and dance can lead to some some interesting things. And she changes uh, the way we look at dance uh, today. Okay, so if you want one more, we got one more. <laughs> I yeah, you're I, I stole, like... I stole your one. So <laughs> no, you got, no, you got time that, for one more. Right, yeah. Fine. All right. <laughs> well, this one is um, one that I I, I like. Uh, his name is Douglas Engelbart, mm. um, and it's a date in uh, 1967 when he files a patent for um, a device 
that was called an XY a position indicator for a display system. That is the big technical name for it. It's really going to hit it off and at Walmart. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, you go in, can I have one of those? What are you talking about? Can That'll I have the new five? Mattel XY display <laughs> system? We don't carry those. Um, this it takes the 1970 finally issued, and at first it's just not much traction. In fact, actually, um, he's working for a Stanford uh, Institute, uh, Research Institute, and they just don't see how it could apply, but uh, Apple does, and they're the first to kind of lease it. Of course, it's something we use every single day. There are if, five of them that I can count in this <laughs> studio right now. <laughs> this should almost be the trivia question. I know. Uh, but the way it looked uh, with a kind of a body and almost like a tail, then they give it the nickname, of course, we know today, the mouse. The mouse. Where would we be without... Uh, the computer mouse. Well, that's a guy who came up with it. He was a radar technician in World War II, and then he was, uh, after he got out, it's 1950, all he just wants to do is have a job and be married, and he realizes it needs to be something more. He has some guiding principles. He wanted to make the world a better place, um, and that any way to do that would probably involve harnessing a collective talent uh, through computers, and uh, if we could do that, we could solve the big problems of our world. Boy, do we need people like that now to keep reminding us we can do so much more. Computers and computer mice solving the big problems and creating brand new ones you know, all at the I same time. I can't wait to hear what's next on this <laughs> trivia question. Oh, what could it be? And that is uh, History Matters. Scott Washington, thank you so much. Thank you.